blast from our past network. Talking Back. Double Feature. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and with me as usual is co-host Dean. Hello Dean. I am the law. Really? You're the, you're not the law, you're co-host. You're the podcast co-host. <laughs> I am the his law. Own. Oh, now I get it. When you cover your face like that, now I get it. That's way better. Uh, Dean, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate that. That was excellent. That was, I can tell you were working a while for that. Um, We got a super fun episode this week, though, because we have the hosts from Blast From Our Past. They also host Throwback Trivia Takedown. And one of them hosts another podcast as well, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We have brothers Adam and John. Guys, welcome. Thank you so much for joining this week. Thank you for having us. I am the law. How about Uh-oh. that one? How about I went see, <laughs> slightly different. I was about to do that, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> we can't have two lawbringers on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Only you guys can fight fight about it later. But um, guys, I hope you like your movies bloody and violent because that's what we got out of this one. Yeah, my we goodness, do. definitely. Yeah. Um, I just want to know like who who liked it and who didn't. So maybe we'll just start with John. John, did you like this movie? I loved it. I loved it the first time I saw it. Uh, I saw it the the week it came out in theaters, um, and I was hesitant because yeah, I saw the original. I might have even seen the original in theaters, um, and it was horrible, and I was like, you know what? It's Carl Urban. I'm willing to give it a chance, and I came out of it pleasantly surprised and eager for more. Unfortunately, we didn't get more, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam? Uh, yeah, I. this is not the first time I've seen this film either. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed it the second time, and the first time I saw it, uh, I was actually at a buddy's place, and he has a 3D projector, and um, it was fantastic, you know, with, with some of the 3D, because it was kind of put in that way, I believe. Uh, so I really enjoyed that, and so actually it wasn't as good this time, because I didn't have a 3D projector or a 3D TV, but... It was still a lot of fun. I mean, as an actual movie and an action movie, fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, Dean, uh, I watched this with you the first time, right? Yeah, that is I correct. Think I, sh- I think I showed this one to you. Yeah. So I know I know you're, you're a fan of this one, but how did it hold up on the second viewing for you? Uh, yeah, not as well on the second viewing, actually, because of the same thing as Adam. We watched it on your amazing like 3D TV, Tim, and it was just, it looked incredible. When I watched it on mine at home here, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't as good a visual <laughs> experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of things about this movie. Um, it's, uh, it's a good, fun, like comic adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I like what John said about kind of the old one, uh, maybe causing some, some issues leading into this one. I was kind of the same. I didn't catch it in the theater. I caught it far later because I just, I was so turned off by that first dread movie, but I, I just felt like this one was such a great kind of throwback to the um like 80s action movies but with like with a new like much more violent and graphic spin to it so yeah i thought they did a really good job Mm -hmm. um it didn't do so well in theaters it grossed 42 million but it cost roughly 40 to 45 to make Mm. so Mm. I i wonder like why that was i i think i think it a lot a lot of people probably felt the same way that you know uh, John and I do that maybe this original movie just did such terrible things that nobody wanted to see any more of it um, I don't know I think I also heard that the marketing wasn't done very well uh, even though I do remember like a marketing campaign for this uh, I just wasn't interested in going but um, yeah not really sure why it wouldn't do so well I know people who went back multiple times in the theater because it was such a good film yeah the funny thing is is that everyone I've ever talked to who's seen it pretty much all say that they love it um the only thing i can possibly maybe attribute this to was it was released in late september um and that's usually after most schools have started going back to school and so that you know 
kids and especially, you know, especially high school kids and college kids who would have gone to see this are probably really busy with the beginning of their semesters and thought, well, you know, I'll skip this one and wait till it comes out. And also, I think this would have been 2012, and I know this because Dread is the first movie that we ever took my daughter to. <laughs> Oh, no nice. way. When she was, <laughs> How old is your daughter? She was one month old. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense, knowing your daughter and what uh, she's kind of grown up to be. Uh, and an eight-year-old, she is violent. Sometimes she thinks she is the law. That is yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, it seemed to have <laughs> have an effect on her. That's, uh, that's yep. excellent. Uh, I know uh, Carl Urban, he was pretty vocal about his criticism of the marketing campaign of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, his quote was, uh, there was zero audience awareness. Nobody knew the movie was being released. And Dread represents a failure in marketing, not filmmaking. So I would agree with uh, that statement. Absolutely agree yeah. with that statement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it dev- definitely didn't have like the the big blockbuster appeal that you would think from like a kind of a comic book movie that that this was um definitely even not from the 95 stallone version you know you knew that was something you know stallone's a big name i know carl urban is not the name that stallone was in the mid 90s but just just the the comic book action like this was when comic book movies are really starting to kind of take off you know after 2008 with Iron Man, you were just getting a lot more of these kind of things coming in. And by 2012, um, they were kind of really, really pumping in. And here was a rated R movie. And this is the kind of like stuff that some of us crave. Like by the time Deadpool came out, we were craving another R-rated comic book movie. Well, guess what? We had one with Dread, And mm-hmm. he's right. Uh, none of us knew. I didn't see it uh, until, I don't know, probably 2018. No, no, 2017 is when I saw it. And so, and... Uh, all of you guys are already correct as well in that you heard about the crap fest that is Judge Dread, and you're like, really? A remake of that? You know, eh, I'm not so sure about that. Or also, they did the RoboCop remake, and that one wasn't good. And so you're like, well, I don't know. You know, even if I want to go back and watch this one, I'm not sure about that. But then everybody, every single body who I've talked to as well who has seen it has been like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple of thoughts real quick. Um, one, I wonder if it wasn't also hurt by the release of the Avengers because 2012 was the release of the first Avengers movie and that would have been that summer as well. I remember going Mm -hmm. to see that a couple times in the theater with friends and everyone loving that. And, um, and shit, I just forgot my second thought. (laughs) Oh, I do that all the time. (laughs) That's Tim's move. (laughs) I'll circle back to it. It's my move. (laughs) I'll circle back to it. Okay, sure. Let us know. Let us know if it comes back. Uh, I think... One, for me, one of the strong things going on with the movie, uh, not only Carl Urban's performance, which I think is excellent, but uh, the fact that Alex Garland had a lot to do with this movie. Uh, he was initially on as producer and screenplay writer, but I heard basically he, he took over directing from the director. Uh, I heard that he basically like locked that director out from editing, from touching the editing process. And then I heard Carl Urban on set went to Garland for everything. Just any suggestions that he wanted feedback on, he went to Garland for. And Urban ended up saying that he considers this Alex Garland's first, um, like, directing, his directorial debut. Huh. Was Garland one of the creators of the character? No. 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 Garland, uh, Alex Garland, uh, Dean and I are big fans of, of him. He's... Uh, I, I didn't know his name, but I'm looking at his credits right now, and I'm adding in, I'm also a fan of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he directed Annihilation. He directed Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, uh, he wrote Sunshine, which was really good up until the last act. That's my opinion. Um, he directed 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks Later. Yeah. Um, okay. He wrote a video game I really enjoyed called Enslaved Odyssey. Uh odyssey to the west it was a really fun game i didn't realize i didn't know who he was at the time but it was a game that i played and then when i was reading the credits i was like oh i, I yeah. played that game that was a lot of fun that was, that's cool that he kind of did that i like when i like when these movies direct these movie directors make their way into comics or video games uh mm-hmm. I, just, I think it's yeah. really interesting that they can diversify like that yeah. yeah and and he i think he started out as a novelist i think he wrote okay the book the beach oh. Uh, yeah, which the, then, the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, which then right. he like adapted the the screenplay and and uh, yeah for that one. Um, he he is a big 
Dread fan. He's a big Judge Dread fan, and I think the same with okay, Carl cool. Urban. So I could see how they would kind of hook up on the set and go to each other um, for uh, bouncing ideas off each other because they mm-hmm. they were both huge fans of it. Yeah, hmm. John. John, did you see Ex Machina? I just want to throw. I mean, that movie was yeah. one, one of my favorites of the movie. last yeah like decade. Uh, also, Dom Hall Gleason, who was uh, used in in Dread as well. Yeah, I think he's. Hmm. I mean, that guy's really blown up as an actor. It's really mm-hmm. cool to see him. In yeah, everything. he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the actual director, Pete Travis, um, he only had like three movies, I think. I didn't really recognize any of the other ones. And like I mentioned, he was basically shunned off of this film. So I don't think it did great things for his career to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah. He directed Endgame, uh, but not that Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a different one. <laughs> a different one. 2009 <laughs> movie called Endgame. What's the other one there, Adam? I've seen one of them. Uh, this one looks like it has William Hurt. Yeah, what's, what's, the, uh, uh, what's another movie he does right before Endgame? Oh, uh, Vantage Point. Oh, yeah, Vantage Point. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat. Like, I thought that movie was okay. had, a, had a cool idea to it. It was directed well, but... Okay. And then I just wanted to call out to the cinematography as well, which I thought was really good in the movie. And the guy who did that actually won the Academy Award for Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, so he's oh, got okay. some skills. Oh, cool. So I, I've noticed some other, like, uh, Danny Boyle tie-ins with uh, Alex Garland. Yeah. You know, he's done multiple things with... Danny Boyle, and then obviously that's the same cinematographer for Slumdog Millionaire. Interesting. Yeah. So story-wise, I like I really enjoyed how they got us rolling in this movie. I thought they did a great job of setting up um, this city by starting panned way, way back, and you only get to see a few, what looks to be a few buildings sparsely um, like plotted out. And then you get taken in closer right to the city and you realize that those are gigantic structures and there's literally like hundreds of smaller buildings in between them and there's like 16 lane freeways. So I think just setting the scale like that really, really kind of grabbed me right off the bat. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. having the sort of voiceover from Carl Urban at the beginning, um, it really, I think it really set the tone for it. You're just going to get that guy's voice for the rest of the movie. You know, you're not even going to see much of his face. And I just think, I I think it really set up the city instead of setting up, starting with him. um, We got a bit about him just by really hearing how he talks about the city, which I, I just really, yeah, it grabbed me right away. I was I was hooked right away. And then once we did see him on screen, um, you know, I was already rolling with him. I already, I already felt like I knew some of his feelings about, you know, this city and what's going on. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. They did a fantastic job of setting it up. But I'd say even more importantly, they set it up quickly and then they got us going very quickly because they're like, hey, guess what? It's a fucking dystopian world. Everybody lives in this small area. It's madness. And then, boom, Dread's going to come in and fuck shit up. And it's it, <laughs> they just jump in with it really fast. And I appreciate that um, for this type of, like, just fun action movie that I want to go on a ride for. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. And th- th- like, like you said, they just keep going right from there. They get right into, like, the leading players of the movie very, very fast. You know, within a few minutes, you get to see Dread. You get to see what he's all about. Uh, you get to see his his partner, this Cassandra Anderson, and then you get to meet Mama, who's the main villain. And they do it all really quick, and they mm-hmm. do a really good job of just establishing like what these characters are about, just in a minute or so, just showing you their personalities. And yeah, there's like there's no fluff in this movie. I mean, it's about it's like a ninety two minute movie. I think they easily could have mm-hmm. decided to throw another half hour in this movie, and that would have been a half hour that didn't need to be there. So I like when movies are just, you know, we're just going to trim trim the fat and just this is all you need. Let's just go. There's no slowdown. There's no break. It's just, you know, excellent action, excellent pacing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tim, we didn't have to set up a character origin like you hate. We just jump <laughs> oh, into. Oh, yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We just jump into the day of, of dread. You know, it's just like it's just going to yeah. be a random day. <laughs> we don't need an origin. And I'll tell you what, this is this is a character where it might be beneficial for me to know his origin because I don't know it. But <laughs> yeah, then at the same time, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't need but to know. You know it's a, you're, you're not curious about, you know, what happened to him when he was 10 years old and are his parents still alive? Or like, what scarred him to become what he is today? Like, you're right, though. It doesn't matter. Who gives a fuck? I just want to see Dread being Dread. <laughs> Who cares? It's just, I'd say, I think it's a great example of why you don't need origin stories because it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Look, if I'm so curious about the origin 
I'll go away after the movie and investigate his origin and it'll be fascinating, but I don't need it in the movie. Don't waste my time with that. Thank you for bringing that up, Dean. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to rant about that, but now, now I feel <laughs> I feel better about that. <laughs> you got that out. Feeling good. I got it out. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like, I really buy into this dystopian future and the system that they have in place. I don't know why I buy into it, but they just do a really good job of making me buy into it. Like I, I buy into the fact that um, like a city could get so out of control, overrun by mm-hmm. criminals and violence that you'd be forced to, you know, place like the judge, jury, executioner on a single department, right? Like not, not have this process of, okay, we need to arrest them. We need to take them to court. We're just going to give the police all the power they need. They can do whatever they want. I just, I find it believable. Like I find that it could possibly get that bad. Adam, you lived in LA for a long time. Is that what it was like living there? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny you put it that way, but you're right. Like absolutely. Even at the beginning, at the onset, when he's just like, Seeing bad guys and like you know they do one bad thing and he just shoots them and yeah you're fucking you're dead um you know you've you've judge jury you've been executed um and at the whole time like do any of us feel bad for rooting for him like I don't I mean he's just like killing people for one like you know one minor offense if you will and there's no real due diligence of the law and it, no I I'm 100 with Tim in that it's like no, I'm cool with this yeah. <laughs> I'm totally cool with this. Well, I think they drop little things throughout the movie that make you cool with it. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, someone's 99% sure that someone did something and he's like, well, that's not good enough. Can't can't execute on mm-hmm. 99%. And, you know, there's there's little things like that along the way that I think you're like, okay, yeah. you know, uh, I guess when he pulls that trigger, it needs to be pulled. That's true. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, he sees it firsthand. And so if, if he is all of the, you know, um, the judgment system and the justice system, then he can make that call. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary, it's a scary future world. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, I it, feel that when I'm watching it, like, even though I, I yeah. think like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm like, this is the guy we're following and this is what he does. I'm still a- afraid of sort of this. Like it is, oh, so, it, it's scary. Yeah. Is, it, is it scarier that it doesn't seem all that out of hand and out of the realm of possibility, yes. <laughs> which is really fucking nuts. <laughs> yes. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, the only real difference that there seems to be is that it's ultra violent, right? Like the cops are going around killing people just whenever they, you know, not whenever they deem it necessary, but if you commit a crime, they are allowed to. That's not all that off from what's happening right now. Sorry. But I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I like Carl Urban's character and how kind of like rock rock steady he is in his, uh, I guess we could call it his beliefs, like his belief system, which is like the dread, like the dread society. Um. He just, like you said, Dean, when he says like he can't kill somebody, even though his partner's 99% sure, he's so just set in that way of following the rules that exist in his world. He won't be swayed in any way. And I, I love that about his character. Um, I think it's a bit of a a bit of a flaw for him. I think it, yeah. it ends up being a bit of a flaw at the end, but that's just who he is, right? Yeah. You can't have, you can't be a judge in his position if your your character is that you might flip flop a little bit, or maybe you're going to execute a guy on ninety nine percent. I just I, I found it fast. I found his his character fascinating in this movie for that reason. Well, yeah. and that's great because it's juxtaposed with how ruthless he actually is. You yeah. know, like he really is kind of ruthless, but at the same time, he does have his code, mm-hmm. and that is great. Yeah, for sure. We see it with with bringing on Anderson as well, and what which is like. A good thing that we have Anderson in this movie not wearing a helmet because then we actually have like a human character. We feel like we can we can see their mm-hmm. face and we can, mm-hmm. you know, this character is going to grow throughout the film. Um, so at least we have that. We don't just have Dread. And you can see with um, Dread when he's talking about bringing Anderson on board and, uh, you know, she failed her test. She she was three points below mm-hmm. um, passing or whatever. So she failed. Um, but she has this psychic ability so they want to bring her out on the field they think they can use her and he's just like but she failed like no mm-hmm. you, she can't come out she failed it doesn't matter how much she failed by or whatever their power she has she didn't pass and so I, I like that he's like yeah a number he's a numbers guy you know he <laughs> he knows what he has to do and he will stick to that to the letter to the number yeah but I mean it definitely had the growth because he did I mean ultimately he 
pastor. Um, yes. And you, we saw that he 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 grew. I mean, as little as yeah. Judge Dredd can grow as a human. <laughs> he, well, I guess it's huge leaps for him. But you see it. And uh, what I wanted to jump in there is, I feel like you see that on that just that lower half of Carl Urban's face throughout. Like he was stone cold at the beginning, but then he just he does kind of loosen up on the face mm. a little bit at the end. It's just like. As subtle as some of the things are, I'm like, man, his chin, his chin acting is just fucking on point. <laughs> yeah, his mean mugging is yeah. the best. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, you can't get any better than that. I heard that he would wear that helmet in between takes and stayed in character. Oh. And like people would try to joke with him and he just, they would just get that frown and silence from him. <laughs> and uh, and as people, I think people started to get a little bit scared of him. Mm-hmm. As one should. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. Like that's the best like lower half of the face acting I've ever seen. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is why both John and I really want him as a Batman at one point. I think he just this uh, movie yeah. it proves it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I thought he'd make a. I thought he'd make a good uh, Wolverine. As oh well. yeah, that too. Absolutely. I was just thinking he's been in he's been in like a ton of comic book movies and and stuff at this point. Has he done anything DC? We've seen him in Marvel. He's in The Boys, which is a comic. He was in Judge Dredd, which is a comic. Yeah. Who owns The Boys? Is that not... not um, yeah. I forget who owns The Boys. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, but seeing that, but also like... I know it's, in an, an, Star, I know it's not Star DC. Trek and Doom and... He's in everything. Cetera. He yeah, is in so much good stuff. And he's great in everything he's in, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was in Red. That was... Um, I think that was Marvel. Okay. I think you're right. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. comics, has anyone read any of the Dread comics? Because I have not. No. No, I haven't either. I meant to actually read some before this podcast, but I didn't get around to it because they actually released uh, a bit of an origin story for Mama in this one that I wanted to read. Uh, it's kind of how she, it was like her rise to power and what happened to her. So I was curious to read that, but I didn't make, make it around to that. I've okay. read, I've read one. It was, um, it was like Dread versus Terminator versus Aliens or something like that. And <laughs> it was it was incredible. It was great. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was just like a couple issue thing. I, I, it was maybe two or three issues that I read a couple years ago. Wow. Who came out on top? Uh, oh, man, I don't even remember. It's got to be Terminator. I, it's got to be yeah, exactly. yeah, I would think so. You know, there was like chestbursters coming out of Terminators, you know, so there was like another another creature that was made so i don't i don't know who won in the end but <laughs> uh i'm gonna call bullshit on that yeah uh, i mean but there are organic portions to terminators so i guess maybe that makes sense but still yeah i don't understand how they could do that but whatever interesting i mean J- dread has to be the first one that goes honestly in that in that three-way fight <laughs> between alien uh terminator and dread i feel like the comic was centered around dread though like i feel huh. <laughs> i feel like the judges were a big part and they were going to clean it up but i don't know i don't know how <laughs> they got that great gun though yeah they do they have I was, I was honestly trying to think to myself like you know, who would I put him up in a fight up against? Like, would it be, it wouldn't be a Terminator because I feel he'd be too easy. Would it be a RoboCop? But RoboCop's bulletproof. But the thing is, his gun is better than RoboCop's gun. Yeah. He has got a lot of um, different options. stuff. But yeah, a lot of options that could fuck up a RoboCop. So maybe. I liked their, like their drug in this movie, oh, the yeah. slow-mo. Yeah. I wanted to take it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, man. I, I would totally take it. I actually think that. I, I think I get that effect every morning with my first sip of coffee. <laughs> I gotta say, everything just slows down. The world becomes bright. Um, they they spent three years perfecting the effect for that. Oh, cool. So I think that's one of the reasons why they utilized it so much in the film is because they spent so long just trying to get it to look the way it did. And my goodness, does that ever look incredible? I think that's one of the things where... When you see that in 3D, yeah. it's mm. tough to go back to it because it's so impactful. Those scenes are mm. so impactful. It looks gorgeous. And the way that they, they used it is like a really cool device in the movie where they would, it's not just a thing of joy, but they would also use it as a thing of like pain and terror because they'd make people take this drug before they'd kill them. And I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it's basically this drug that slows time down. But at the time, everything is just like, it's obviously gorgeous. It's like a... a beautiful psychedelic uh amazing feeling drug 
Uh, but that's kind of slow acting, um, or short, I should say short lasting. Um, but yeah, they, they'll use it. They'll throw somebody off a roof and give them a puff of this stuff so that like the, the, this person's death is slowed down for them. And it's uh, yeah. really interesting. It's a really, really neat idea. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I was thinking yeah, about... You- I was thinking about the oh, fear that would be in that taking that drug before being thrown off that, uh, you know, that balcony at the top of the, um, mm-hmm. the building, because like I'm terrified of heights. So I just thought of like, what if I took that before I went on a roller coaster or something? And like we go over <laughs> the like, it, it's slower, right? But it's experiencing that height for way longer. So you don't, you won't feel that, um, that fast speed that you do like on a roller coaster, like falling down. But you'd have that idea that you're going to hit the ground for so long <laughs> and it mm-hmm. could it would be like it's like it's interesting that they use it to throw them off because it's just purely to like fuck with them right it's purely just to mm-hmm. mess with their mind give them the maximum like fear before they die the maximum dread oh, oh nice hey Speaking of fear of heights, <laughs> was anyone else thinking that it was weird that they put a, a skate a skate park like 50 stories up? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That was actually my only real beef with the movie was that made no <laughs> sense. And it was just it was too perfect for them to escape at that moment onto this skate park. The, the only thing outside Hanging of this out, huge yeah. tower yeah. that right. they the area they just happened to be at and the place that they just happened to need to escape. There's like a ledge with a skate park. Um, it, it made no sense. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that too much. Uh, Dean, I wanted to say though, when you said that it, it, like that drug would mess with your mind, like slowing down like that, it's interesting because the effects of the drug look like on your body, it's fantastic. Right. But your mind would be what's, um, having the, the trouble and the difficulty because you realize like, look, I'm about to die, but I feel amazing. So it it would be a interesting juxtaposition between those two, um, like, two things going on in yeah. your body at that time yeah. so but uh, yeah I, I want i, I want some yeah. i want some <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah 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 <laughs> it's, it's, like you said it's really cool that they worked it into the story as a reason to have slow motion cool effects like if it was this effect yeah. that they're working on for so long it's really neat that it has you know it, it's it's part of the story it's it's a it's a big part of it um Probably uh, 20 minutes too late for this, but Dean, do you want to just give us like a quick breakdown of this movie of like what actually happens? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, quick breakdown is that uh, uh, there's some murders in a, uh, I guess, a apartment building that goes up, you know, 200 floors and 75,000 people live in it. And uh, Dredd and Anderson are on the call and uh, they eventually this building gets locked down. And the whole idea of the movie is like sort of like a video game plot. Make your way to the top and, you know, kill the the head honcho. And that's like basically the movie, which is which is why it's it's so tight and so neat that it's just this one little tiny story, one day in a life of of a judge. Um, And there's like the levels also provide this sort of progress that you know i felt like the higher we're going up the further we are in the movie and when we hit the top we made it um yeah that's basically the story of the movie i don't know if you want to go further on that no i, th- I think that was great yeah we, we can we can add to that like yeah the reason they're going to the top is because the boss is at the top right the boss is in the penthouse uh definitely feels like a video game not just that they're making their way up but that they're having to conserve ammo and they run out of ammo at a time yeah. and they need to find ways to restock that um, the, the bad guy, Mama, she basically sets everybody in that apartment complex against Dredd and his partner as well. Just saying like, you're, I'm, this building is locked down until these two characters, these two Dredd officers are killed. So if you want to help out, that's great. We can open things up <laughs> faster if you help out. So they, they're just, they're in the worst situation possible, right? Yeah, and uh, it's fun. It, it's it's a lot of fun. It is fun, and Mama, played by uh, Lena Headey, um, is terrifying. Like, what mm-hmm. a great just boss or whatever of this movie. You know, you know, head head uh, drug lord of this movie. Just so yeah, so scary. She plays yeah. those roles so well. I don't think I could approach her in real life. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'd rip my nuts off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just for fun. Yeah, just... I mean, because they talked about that she uh, did that to somebody with uh, with her own teeth. Yeah, yes. So yeah, 
And that scar on her face is scary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I I play in a uh, movie trivia um, thing every week, and uh, I had a question of who played Mama, and I said uh, Lena Headley, which is not her <laughs> oh, name. Oh, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I got name. it wrong, and our team lost. So now I know forever <laughs> it's Lena Headey, not Headley. It's Headley. <laughs> Yeah, and as a, with a couple of trivia hosts here, you know that you will not be given a pass oh, no, saying no. the L in there. That is not allowed. Yeah, hey, I'm the first one when I hear the answer to say, nope, I got it wrong. Nope. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else can I say? I like I liked how they build up, uh, built up the partner uh, in, in her yeah. journey as well. Like she's this, this rookie who, Dean, like you mentioned, she failed – uh, like this, whatever kind of aptitude test it was. So she wasn't even supposed to get this chance. But she only be, uh, only by three points, though, Tim. Only, only by three. three. Only by three. Hey, fails a Doesn't fail. Doesn't matter. She failed. Was <laughs> it? Is it out of four though? Did she, she get like one out of four? Like what's the <laughs> scale here? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> fails. Yeah, fail. <laughs> um, but she's got this psychic ability, so she can read people's minds, and and you know, dreads using that as a tool along the way. Um. I just thought a really a really interesting scene in the movie that I didn't really think fit, but I really appreciated was this scene where she has to execute a guy, right? She has to like get into this role. She's struggling with killing people, and it's basically forced upon her. But it gets to the first point where she she actually has to like execute a guy with a gun to his head, and she does it. And so I think at that point you're kind of like, wow, she's she's embracing this. She she killed him, and then shortly after that they go into an apartment for refuge and the lady lets them in uh, and helps them out and says like, look, I just want to keep my family safe. I'm going to let you guys get out of here so you can go to, go to a higher level just to keep my family safe. And Anderson looks over at a family photo and the husband is the guy she executed. So she has this like, ter- she'd have a terrible feeling in her gut that, that this person is actually helping them out, yet she just executed the husband. And I don't I don't know why they put it in there but I really I really liked it like it's um this really heartfelt moment kind of in the middle of the movie that you don't have a lot of heartfelt moments in this movie it might have been the only one so mm-hmm. a little bit weird but I loved it Yeah it it does at least still keep I would say maybe our humanity as an audience as well, where you're right, we don't have much humanity and even as you said before it's slipping a little bit even with Anderson um you know, performing that execution, but here it kind of kind of pulls us back into all right. You know what? No, we want to we want to root for her. We want her to be, uh, a, you know, an actual person and have feelings. Um, and I yeah, I do appreciate that. I mentioned we mentioned a bit of her growth and whatnot, and just some of her getting hardened in general. I mean, I love some of that the simple responses that um, uh, that Carl Urban has or that J- Dread has at the early on onset where she's just. She's nervous. She's not ready for it. He asks her and he sees it. You're not ready. And then later on, she's hardened and he's like, yeah, you look ready. And then so then they go off when they're all ready to kick ass on like the final climactic scene. So um, it's just God, it's fun. Yeah, I I like Tim. I like that moment um, where she has the gun and she's hesitating like that Mm -hmm. execution and she's hesitating because it tells me about dread. It tells me that, you know, Mm -hmm. these people start as human beings who maybe it's hard to pull that trigger, but maybe he's conditioned so much that, you know, he's got to the point where he just he knows what he has to do. Uh, Or it even tells us, you know, how calculating he is, that it's hard. It might even be hard for some judges, but for him, it's not. So I think this moment with her gives us something with her, but also gives us something about Dread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. How about that? Uh, oh, go ahead, John. Well, sorry, I'm kind of skipping ahead with this question, like all the way to the end. But I just sure. watched it this morning, so the the ending is kind of like has been drawing on me. Mm-hmm. So they get done, the thing comes up, and, and before he can really answer about her uh, evaluation, she hands him her badge, and she walks off, and like the EMTs try to help her, and she just kind of brushes them off and walk away. Do you think she walked away from the job? Hmm. I did. That's how I took it. Yeah. The the but, I, I, and that's I, I, how I, I took I it as so. well. I definitely think so too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I took it as well. But I mean, the, he says that she passed, and then they kind of show her still walking, like into the yard with a helmet, 
And I don't know if that was supposed to be her. Like, we see someone on a motorcycle later. I don't know if that's meant to be her. But I, I, I always got the distinct impression that she didn't want anything to do with it now. That that's she didn't want to give up her, yeah. her humanity or whatever to do this job. I, I say, John, I'm 100% uh, on board with that. That's exactly what I think happened. Um, I think, I think it, it's interesting because she starts off having so much trouble killing somebody. She slowly progresses through the movie, gets more and more comfortable with it, uh, gets to the end where she's very capable and uh, killing people without hesitation. And then she realizes, I think, that it's not for her. She doesn't want to be killing all these people. If that's what the job is about, she doesn't want it. So she mm-hmm. leaves her badge. And we're kind of, you know, onto full spoilers here for the, for the ending. But I, I think for me, uh, Adam, you mentioned before that you thought Dredd got a little bit of redemption here at the end. I think it's the opposite. I think this was his chance for redemption, but he doesn't take it because he's so steadfast as a, as a judge. He, he knows that she would be so excellent. No, that's just my opinion. But she he knows she would be so excellent as a judge because of what she just went through that he's giving her a pass even though she failed because he knows. like He could just say, look, she failed. So um, she's not on the team. And he's looking at her walk away in disgust when he has to give the decision to his superior about whether she passed or failed. So he could read her body language, say, look, she doesn't like this job. She doesn't want to be a part of it. She failed, so I'm going to fail her. But he passes her because he knows the system needs her. Hmm. Wait, wait, you said, you said he looked at her in disgust. I didn't see disgust in his chin. <laughs> no, he looked at he looked at her, he looked at her, and she was like in disgust. Of, oh, okay. oh, gotcha. Yes, 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 yes. She was she was fully disgusted and done with the position. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought, yeah, he, to me, he looked at her with some ad- admiration that she knew who she was. I feel Dredd knows who he is, and Dredd is perfect for the job. And she knows who she is, and she's not perfect for the job. But I, I feel like he gave her the pass because he respected her now, um, where he may not have. I don't really know why he needed to. He didn't need to because she's just he knows she's going to leave, uh, I feel. And, yeah, I, I think he just did it because he wanted to show, like, that's a bad bitch right there. Well, I don't and, know they, how and that it. allows her to leave on her terms, yeah. not his True. terms. Yeah, and that's obviously important to her at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, I think he's condemning her in a way to to a life that mm. she doesn't want uh, by passing her when she shouldn't have been passed. See, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how it is. How like if she passes, if they then just force her to be a judge? Because if that right. is, the she case, might not have an option. Yeah, if that is the case, then then I, I'm with you, Tim. That he had a chance that she's walking away. If she, if that was her quitting and she's walking away, he has a chance to say she failed and just let her go. But he didn't because he knows she'd be good at the job. So he said she passed and now she's stuck being a judge and doesn't want to. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's a, that's hard ass thing to, to do, man. Yeah. You turned him into a real jerk guys. Yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I never thought, I thought it was some... that. I, I thought he was just like, I thought he, yeah, I, I thought he, like, even though she had the automatic fail because she lost her weapon, I thought he was still like, no, nah, she passed because I'm going to yeah. go against the book this time. And I thought I thought it was, I was with Adam. I thought it was redeeming yeah. first time he ever went against the book. And it was because he's seen what she can do. She He saw that she can save him. And, you know, it was mm-hmm. hard enough for the job. <laughs> I don't know. You wrecked it, Tim. <laughs> that's a happy ending. I love that you guys got there. But I, I, for me, that's not how it went. I just don't think that's him. That's yeah. not he's. I just think he realizes how like useful she'll be, and he's like, "Yeah, we need her, right?" Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Tim. I'm totally with them. It's totally <laughs> <Yeah>. human. It's <laughs> it, in the movie. It's a. It's supposed to be a human moment. It's it's that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, it may not be his character overall, but that in in that moment of weakness, that's exactly what it is. Wouldn't the human moment be letting like letting her fail so she doesn't have to do this job she clearly doesn't want to do? Wouldn't that no, be the moment I, of humanity? I'm going to tell you why. Because that one henchman says, I haven't seen many of your types with their full arms, full hands. I think he knows what would happen to her if he did fail her. Because she's she's the one who got through the system somehow. It sounds like people of her type are not treated well. And so having the mm. past status is more nice to her than it would be because I think like I think bad shit would happen to her if he if they mm-hmm. failed her. So you mean just her being a telepath, you think she'd be yes. in trouble? In- mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, her, it's already clear that their their kind shun the mutants. Right. Right. 
Well, I, I need to get Alex Garland on the phone right now. I got a qu- couple of questions for, for him. <laughs> for me, it's what John mentioned earlier, which was he wanted her to leave on her terms. I think he respect her enough to this point where he's allowing her to leave on, on her terms as opposed to. But we also don't know the next step. If the next step is he knows that <laughs> you're forced into a job, then, yeah, then he's a big dick. Yeah. So since we didn't get that sequel, <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. Yeah. That is an interesting point. Yeah, you could look at this two different ways based upon the fact that we don't know what happens next, right? This could be a happy ending or not a happy ending if they had just told us what would happen, but they decided not to. So I like that they left it like that. Like, um, you know, you guys are on one side, I'm on on another, but I think there's arguments uh, supporting both. So I think think that makes for a great ending when you can, you know, Mm -hmm. when you can do something like that. Yeah. How about that uh, fucking 50 caliber gun? How about that scene? (laughs) Oh man! Who didn't enjoy? Who didn't enjoy that scene? <laughs> Are you, uh, the one, the um, the the minigun, the miniguns, the, the two to two or three miniguns that are just like blasting through the walls. Yes, they just yeah. des- destroyed like a whole impart- uh, a whole level of the apartment block. Well, yeah, and actually, you're seeing people like their limbs falling off because these things are going through them. It's fun shit. Yeah, and that's that's actually a point in the movie where um, a, a question arose in my mind, and then they answered it immediately. I was like, "What is all the trouble here to kill these two judges? Like, what is going on here? Why are we doing this? Why did we just wipe out the whole block?" And then, sort of immediately after that, is when Judge Dredd, um, you know, takes the guy that they have been carrying around with them. He roughs him up, and he says the exact same thing I was thinking. Why would they spend? Why would they wipe out a whole block just to get to us? It must be to get to you. You must know something and it was that he he had information that they were afraid that if they took him back to the station um mama was afraid that he was gonna um be interrogated and like spill the beans say everything about their operation so they wanted to wipe him out um and i thought yeah i thought that i like when i an idea pops in my head or a question pops in my head and the movie just immediately answers it Sign of good yeah, I think they had mentioned that earlier. They, you could tell Mama was very upset early on that that guy got captured, and not because she needed him, but because yeah. what he was that he was going to spill the beans. Um, because what is dread when they when they capture that guy? Uh, it's like her uh, Mama's like whatever number two or three or yeah. four, four so whatever. Right. But they, they yeah they capture him and uh, dread says something about like he's not he's not talking or something like that and he's like well he'll talk downtown or something like that so basically letting us know that their their method of <laughs> like interrogation makes people talk it doesn't matter who you are you're going to talk so that's when mama realized oh if he's being taken downtown that's big trouble and that's kind of when she shut the whole building down was that, like yeah to keep that guy in basically that's also kind of the one of the few or only times you actually see her kind of panic because she's very right. cool and calm and collect through almost this entire thing. Except for that one time when they say, no, they're going to take him downtown and you hear him go shit. Like that's when you're like, Oh, okay. If she's panicking, then something is wrong. Cause she seems like she's in complete control yeah. over this whole area. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good point. And in turning sort of everybody in that complex, like setting it up that, that, apartment complex has like 75,000 people in it and then having a moment where she turns everybody in there on the judges like anybody could be just picking up a gun and going after them um it it does create that you know that excitement and it allows you know it allows dread to as he's making his way up the levels you know leave bodies behind <laughs> and then you know you see like just all the bodies that he's leaving and that's also when mama's just like okay well we got uh five bodies here and 10 here and like how are we gonna ever stop this guy like what are we gonna do here um yeah it's it's really exciting as he's making his way through it because of that you you don't really know who who could be his enemy because it could be anybody right and then they they take that <laughs> to another level which was so much fun is when mama um, has some judges in her back pocket and she makes a call to nine one one Four judges come that are on her side, but um, they don't know that right. The, the dread and Anderson don't know that we know it. They show us really quick. And then you, yeah, you've got everybody plus these judges. So 
that was a lot of fun too. Just throwing that that curveball yes, in there. Fun, but I think mm-hmm. she has the four shittiest judges on her payroll there. Um, <laughs> they were so horrible. The one the ones just like okay, I can kill I can kill Anderson really easy because she's going to hesitate and I won't. And I'm thinking in my head, really? Are you not going to hesitate? Because that other guy hesitated. So let's I was see. Because then she hesitates. And she, she hesitates. One hundred percent. She hesitates. She doesn't pull out a gun and she loses that. Like she she was horrible. <laughs> Well, that's because Anderson is a psychic, right? I don't think this other person knew Anderson was a psychic. So just in a fraction of a second, um, Anderson is able to realize that this per- that the other lady judge was lying. Yeah, right? but the way, the way she her. set it up was that she won't even have to do any talking. She's just going to, if she mm-hmm. sees her, she'll shoot her. She'll shoot Anderson. If Anderson sees the judge, the judge will have time. I mean, I think the problem there, Dean, is I think Anderson had her gun raised on this judge. Well, the other judge didn't have the gun raised yet. So um, I don't like maybe if the other judge comes in with the gun raised on Anderson is able just to shoot her. But the table was kind of reversed. Like Anderson came upon her. So then this other judge needed to backpedal a little bit and figure it out. And then she, the first thing she said, Anderson, whatever, uses her powers and is like, you're lying dead. Tim, it sounds it sounds like you are trying to make excuses for this person who obviously hesitated <laughs> and is now dead and had shitty yeah. tactics. Like who goes around the corner with their gun down? Yeah, when they're looking for someone to kill. I, she sucked. I think she hesitated for a reason, though. It's because someone had a gun on her. Like if she but goes to grab her gun, but that negates the entire discussion shooting. of her saying, "I will not hesitate." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she sucks. That's she does suck. <laughs> she True. sucks. They all sucked. Mm-hmm. I, I liked at the end here that um, Dread killed two of those judges and Anderson killed two of the judges. Like mm-hmm. they kind of like they split it by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a good just development of Anderson's character that she was yeah. almost on Dread's level by the end there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It they could have. They easily could have made oh. it that Dread kills all four. Right? They could have done that. But yeah. he was yeah. about to get killed. Actually, she saved his life. So. Yeah. Which was, it, was I, it did bother me when that guy uh, that, you know, like they're the main bad judge just sat there laughing. Ha ha ha. You said, wait, the big bad judge dread said, wait, ha ha. And then boom, he gets shot. It's just like, just fucking pull the trigger. Yeah. I hate when bad guys and they do it obviously in every movie because you can't have the bad guy win, <laughs> but they all suck. All bad guys suck. Just fucking pull the trigger. Just end the guy. Don't let him, don't let him go out of your sight before, you know, like the, the bond dumbass mentality of, aha, Mr. Bond, I'll let you just sit there and, and, you know, struggle and I'll just assume you're going to die. Like, no, just fucking shoot him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, a, that's a really good point i had the same feeling when anderson was caught and you know yeah. that the guy that they were uh dragging around that they were going to bring to interrogation he's just talking to her and like mm-hmm. i'm like just shoot her just, like she's yeah. already been inside your head and made you pee your pants you probably <laughs> should just get rid of her as soon as you can <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah but- and even the second so even the second mama gave them the okay, it is just a pop, pop. And done. <laughs> done. Done. Why are you in a chair? Why are you tied to a chair having a little one-on-one conversation? Just be dead. You're dead. <laughs> now that you mention it, there was a whole lot of hesitation in this movie. <laughs> God, we would be good villains. Every single one of us, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know who's a good villain? Dread. Dread is a good yes, villain. For sure. He does not for hesitate. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> True. I liked how Mama went out. I like how I like how she died. So mm-hmm. the way that this whole situation started was that she had three guys like thrown off of the upper deck onto the ground below. And there were just three bodies down there. So Dread was sent in. So at the end, she gets thrown off of level 200 down to the same fate that got her into the situation in the first place. But whereas every other person who had been thrown off, I mean, how many people got thrown off a balcony in this movie? Maybe like <laughs> six or seven or eight. Yeah. Lot, that seemed to, to be the, the, the favorite way to kill someone, but they do the same thing to her. They pump her full of slow-mo. Yeah. They throw her off, but where everybody else is like panicked, she embraced it on her fall down. She like, put her arms out almost like she was flying and just went like face first into the ground. I just thought it was a real beautiful scene. Like almost like she was living such a tragic life Mm. that she was happy that it was all ending. Uh, I just thought it was very 
very beautiful, to be honest with you, just the way the way that they had her in slow-mo going down and her embracing what was what, what was coming. So where we talked before about how terrifying that would have been, she wouldn't have had that. She would have just been in, in like ecstasy. Uh, it seemed like right. mind and body with what was happening. Mm-hmm. I will say the first time I saw this movie, I was not expecting to see the blood spatter uh, at the end. I was expecting it to cut out before or something like that, but to actually see the slow motion impact and then the kind of blood spread out, which I I think probably would have been in real life would have been a lot worse than than how it came out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did find it. I I don't know what this says about me, but I did find the death of those three guys fairly humorous where Mm -hmm. you start to see the slow-mo and then just whomp. Right. Whomp. (laughs) Whomp. But I was not expecting that. It did have some humor. Yeah. Yeah. It did have some humor in it. It had some light. And I think you need that in a a movie like this. You need some of these lighter moments just because because the deaths are so violent. We haven't really touched on how violent these deaths were. But you have bullets destroying people's faces and blood splattering everywhere. Like John said, you basically get to see the impact of a body hitting the ground um, from falling from 200 levels. Like it's it's very they didn't really pull many punches with the the level of violence. So yeah, for for like Dread, a guy who kind of has like no emotion, um, he's a pretty good sense of humor. Pretty funny guy. He's got some <laughs> yeah, good one liners. Well, <laughs> he likes his job. What's good is 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 that the laughs aren't like big laugh out loud laughs. They're like they're kind of like inward yes. chuckles or something. It's enough light to kind of bring us back to neutral before giving us something else horrible later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim, I wanted to go back to that uh, throwing Mama um, off the the top of that off building. the train. Uh, yeah, <laughs> throwing Mama from the train. Yeah. Um, don't don't you dare throw a Getty. If you did a, if you did this to a Getty, I'd have some words. <laughs> Oh, that's no way. That's don't stop or my mom will shoot. I'm yeah. mixing up all the mom movies. <laughs> and the Stallone movies. Stallone movie, yeah. <laughs> that's how we're oh, tying yeah. this all around. Whoops. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, Tim, I like that it was, uh, that it was, again, a piece of the plot. Like, she had to be thrown off of that balcony. Yeah. Um, because of, like, her trap that she had set right because she had put Mm -hmm. she had attached a detonator to her pulse that if it stops the top 50 floors are going to blow up and like at that moment i'm like well shit like good move (laughs) like there's there's no way yeah yeah. she wins checkmate like you're done and then he just grabs her throws her off because they're 200 stories up throws her off that balcony just because maybe maybe that detonator won't reach like won't be able to send that signal back all the way up and i thought that was really neat even on this watch was it was probably my fifth watch we got to it's been a while since the last one but we got to the end there and in that situation i caught myself thinking i'm like how's he gonna get out of this like What's he going to do? And I actually couldn't remember. Yeah. And I kind of sat back and smiled. I'm like, this is going to be fun to see how he gets out of it. Yeah. And he basically, he kind of like flips a coin. He's like, well, I guess I'm either dead or I can try this, which may or may not work, but whatever, what else can I do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he throws her off and this transceiver can't, like the signal can't get through all the concrete of these 200 floors. And uh yeah, that was, I get that was another kind of funny moment. I think where she hits the ground, lands, and then he's back up there, kind of waiting for an explosion to happen, yeah. <laughs> just waiting to see if it is all going to blow up, and it doesn't. And I think he just like gives a small chuckle or something, or like a hmm, yeah. <laughs> something like that. It's, yeah, some more of his uh, his small humor. Great. Anything anybody wanted to say that they haven't said? Hmm. Oh, we we didn't. I mean, well, I think Dean kind of mentioned it at one point, but. And and John, uh, I know you have your your issues with the Mandalorian. Um, why his mask was taken off at all? We never get the full Carl Urban face like we do. Definitely with the Stallone at one point. Till you got to show Stallone. Right. And Carl Urban, great actor. You know, good looking face, but he he does not separate himself from Judge at, or mm-hmm. from uh, Judge Dredd at all in this movie. And I love that. I'm glad I didn't see his eyes. I didn't want to see his eyes because yeah. he is. It just makes him cold throughout, and I appreciate that. Also tells you yeah, how much he respected the source material. Yeah. 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 And I think that mm-hmm. I think that's that coldness is really what comes across without seeing his whole face. Where because I was trying to think like, 
why do I find like Darth Vader charming? And it's like, <laughs> even though I never see his face, it's just because he's put like, there's a lot in that voice, right? There's just a lot going into that voice. And it's this coldness of dread, this, this like grisly voice and not being able to see his eyes just seeing that like mug that he's giving the whole time i just don't feel any sort of like connection at all i just feel cold from him which is perfect that's exactly what you need from this guy and yeah carl urban knows exactly what to do with this material knows how to be this dread and i I think it comes across great he feels like part of the system, yeah. like an extension. Mm-hmm. Totally, of the he doesn't yeah. seem like a person. He's just exactly. He's almost like a drone. Like he's just you know yeah. following the orders. He will do what's necessary. He will not waver, and that's who he is. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, super fun movie. If anybody hasn't seen this out there, uh, check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. It's very violent. Uh, maybe don't take your children. Yeah. Uh, it may affect their lives in the future. Like John's kid. Uh, <laughs> she was a month old. Yeah, well, she slept through most of it anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get to the theater and see Dread. I, I get it. Yeah. It's it's relentless. It's just like relentlessly hard. It is like a hard movie. You know, like everything in it just yeah. feels like it is like, yeah. Even though it, like some of that action can be fun if you sort of give yourself over to the movie, but it's very gory and very intense like very serious (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's an excellent like mature comic book movie yeah and i think a a good comic book adaptation um probably because of like the the slow-mo stuff i think those scenes look really like something out of a comic book um and and sort of that even that tight plot just feels like mm-hmm. I read an issue of a comic book and I want to, I want the next one. I think John mm-hmm. might've mentioned before uh, earlier that it's like, I just want to see that next film. I had the same feeling at the end of this one. It's like, I just, where's that next film? Where's that next episode? Like this could be a, uh, this could have been the, the pilot of a TV series. You know, it's like, I, yeah, I totally agree. Give me the next yeah. one. Um, so that's, give, yeah, yeah, give it, me an HBO miniseries of dread. I would, uh, with, with Carl Urban, yeah. I've, I'm on board on board. Oh, yeah. 100%, yeah. And if you've never watched this, I have to say, um, I first of all, I hate 3D, so I don't recommend 3D. But uh, I do remember watching this on a big screen was so much different than watching mm-hmm. it on my television. Um, you, if you if you've never seen it, try and watch it on the the biggest, clearest screen you can find. Yeah. Because um, the it, like the colors and the cinematography and all that stuff will pop better on just a bigger, better screen. Yeah, I mean, particularly the slow mo. Um, yeah, when when the three D when I was using the three D, it, it just enhanced the slow mo so much better. The visual yeah. of when people are on that drug. Um, otherwise, it just everything was a little flattened and dulled for me watching it on my regular ugh, boring two D screen. Um, <laughs> but it was it was still enjoyable, and the and the heart and soul, well the the coldness of the heart and soul of dread <laughs> was still there, and I I enjoyed every minute of this. Yeah, a couple of things that I had uh, forgot to mention. Uh, with the cinematography, they do a lot of close-up shots to people's faces. And whenever that happens for me, I first saw it in Predator. Whenever they do that, you feel like you're part of the team. You feel like you're right there with them, and it helps you get invested even more in the situation. So I liked how many times they were just, just cropped it right up to his face or right up to mm-hmm. Anderson's face. And then the other thing is, these movies that are in buildings are just so much fun. Like, it's like, I know we're all fans of Die Hard here. Whenever somebody's trapped in a building and is trying to figure a way out, it's just, there aren't a whole lot of movies like that, that just Mm -hmm. take place in buildings. And there's just a certain feel to it. Like, there's a certain feeling of being stuck. Like, there is no way out. And the stakes seem to be even higher than normal, so. Any any movie that only takes place in generally one location, I feel... Uh, is 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 like that any you know any movie that takes place on a plane like the entirety of the plane you know or the entirety of the movie just takes on a plane or in, any kind of thing where you're in one location throughout the vast majority of the movie i think actually helps provided that you've written the story correctly and the dialogue correctly and all that stuff um just think about um 12 angry men one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. like 98% of that movie takes place in one room Mm-hmm. And it it really helps. 
Yeah, I'd say it adds a little bit to the believability. You don't have to yeah. worry about people teleporting or whatnot. It's like, okay, in these two hours, this shit could happen. Yeah. And so I kind of, I kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm feeling that this is a, it's a possibility in this dystopian world with mutants and all that kind of stuff. Like, okay, yeah, they're in this one, this one damn building, and and it's gonna go wild for this one day, and I believe it. Yeah, and while we don't really like the uh, the skate park that it's you know it's just right up there, <laughs> and then they are able to get outside and do what they need, um, I do think it it adds something um, to the to our sort of tension in the movie because that's such that's the shooting up of the whole block scene, right? I think that's that's where that's happening, and that's how yeah, they escape. Yeah. yeah, so it's so tense and then they get out and we finally got out of the building. So I, I felt myself kind of relax and be like, okay, we did it. We're out. And then yeah. all they have time to do is make a call and they know since they're whatever, 75 floors up or hundred floors up by that time, they have to go back in. They can't just stay out there. They're sitting ducks out there. So yeah. I, I, it gets the tension back into me for them to then enter back into that building. And it, cause it, it's intense every time we're in that building. So it, it's, it's almost like it gives me a chance to breathe them outside, you know, get, make the call. And then I breathe deep breath, go back in. Let's get to the, I, the end of the movie. I will say, I, I do remember uh, when they get to that scene and they show this big wide shot of the night sky and the buildings. I did feel like I felt less claustrophobic. Yeah. Uh, because you know you're not so tight in into the into you know into this building it, and it was I agree it wasn't a nice um, moment of respite to just kind of gather yourself back in which they also did for the characters characters just kind of stood there yeah. okay can them gather themselves really they have to go back in take a deep breath and then go for it yeah that's a good point I did I did gasp uh, mm-hmm. to myself when they had to go back in. You, you're allowed to catch your breath, but then you have to take another deep breath as they go back in. Yeah. Uh, I just think they needed to do that scene differently. Uh, having a single skate park for sure. as the only <laughs> ledge on this building for sure. makes yeah. no sense at all. Yeah. Just make it this that this one floor has balconies yeah. where every apartment on that floor has a balcony and problem solved. But for this gigantic structure to have this small piece of balcony on only that one area and it's a skate park, it just made no sense. It was way too forced. <laughs> I wish that there were big fire hoses that they tied around their waist and then yes. jumped down to the next level. That <laughs> yes. would have made more sense. Yes. There you go. We but they're going that. up, so they would have had to figure oh, yeah, out to going go up. up. Up a level. Okay. <laughs> they figured it out. Uh, uh, John, Adam, guys, thanks so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Do you guys want to shout out to some of the stuff you're doing? Sure. Uh, Blast from our past podcast. Uh, you can find us on all podcatchers. You can search uh, search uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, uh, Bitcoin. I'm kidding, not Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> if only. Just Man, go, I wish I would have invested in that. <laughs> uh, just search for at Blast Passcast on, on most uh, social media and you'll find us there. Yeah. Uh, and then also our trivia one is Throwback Trivia Takedown. Throwback Trivia Takedown on whatever you guys are probably listening to this uh, episode on. You can probably find Throwback Trivia Takedown on. And also, uh, I'll plug my Seinfeld one. We are about to start Season 6. Um, or So right around the time this comes out, I think our Season 6 episode will probably be around out. Um, yeah, we're deep into Seinfeld. We're loving it. And so check that out. If you love Seinfeld, you'll love Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast. Yeah, awesome. Um, listeners, uh, please check these guys' podcasts out. Uh, Dean and I love them. We're regular listeners. Really, really great um, content. If you like what we're doing, you'll definitely like what they're doing. So give them a listen. We'll have all their links are available in our uh, posting of this episode. So just go there if you want more information. And guys, again, thank you so much. We'd love to have you back. Dean, thanks for joining. Yeah, man, always. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. everybody i'm adam i'm john and every week we are giving you a blast from our past 
We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. If you're looking for additional content from Talking Back, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We'll be doing monthly wrap-ups, sneak peeks, We'll show you some behind-the-scenes stuff. We'll be sharing recommendations, and who knows what else is going to go on. Find a link to the sign-up form in the bio of any of our social media accounts, or feel free to reach out to Tim or Dean, and we'll set you up.